you know, it's Taylor Swift's favorite number. So it's going to be our favorite podcast. Here yes. On the yes. Pod. Week number 13. Okay. It's a majestic number, right? I wore it in baseball for a long time. When I, I was my there. favorite. I, I'm like Taylor. I was born on the 13th. I turned 13 on Friday the 13th. I wore 13 in every sport. So I'm with her. I'm with her. And I, I'm with you, Dion Clisso, my press KC on this week 13 podcast. I was 13 in baseball the first few years because uh, nobody wanted it. So I took it. And then I didn't really, but not until later in life, I, uh, as I learned about one Ted Williams, that's what number I wore then from now on. Nine's been my nine baseball number. It's also Roy Hobbs's number. Yeah, it is. <laughs> nine's Showing a good number. Showing, yeah, nine's a good number. Nine's a good number for baseball. I had, uh, in football, I had 65 the first time. Mm. Um, you were not a running back then. Got it. New, new, new linebacker lineman. Um, and then my favorite number was 51. And because my father, huge Dick, Dick Buckus guy, you know, sorry yeah. to see, sorry to see him pass, but uh, yeah, no, 51 was, I, I was playing middle linebacker and I'm 51. I love that number. So yeah. Yeah. Now I get it. Basketball, yeah. basketball, I'd say 42. Um, not that I ever got to choose. Oh, a number. The man. 42 James worthy, baby. Big game, James. So the Schaefer family's had 44 through everything. That's been the, um, that's the number that I determined for my kids who were, uh always big kids uh but i wanted them to have the opportunity to carry the ball so 44 still allows you to do that but it's plus it's also a good number for basketball big men as well yes basketball uh can't do numbers above or digits above five in basketball and then in you know baseball and soccer or whatever you can wear whatever number you want yeah uh my son uh given his current state uh one is good uh seven is good yeah in the, in the pencil, but they don't, uh, as of right now, he's got basketball starting up here, a little rec basketball. Uh, don't know what numbers we're going to get in that. Uh, there, there are no numbers in swimming. So there's not, no, that'd be hard. That'd be hard. Yeah. So there's no numbers in swimming. So, uh, that's his, whether he likes it or not, that's probably his future. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, here we go. Let's, uh, Look back before we look uh, ahead of week 13, we'll look back on week 12 here, which was what the final eight. I don't do sectionals, regionals, di- districts, whatever. I, I talk, I talk lay person terms here. Yes. You, know, you could talk the technical terms. I do. It was final eight last week in Kansas. Quarterfinals. Final quarterfinals. 16. Final sweet 16, 16, I guess. And, um, you can say Minnesota. sweet 16 or district championships. Now that, now that they all, well, in class one eight. won't have, class one won't have their district championships until this week. Uh, but, Everybody else, two through six, was district championships or Sweet Sixteen. Sweet Sixteen for everybody. everybody. Has it figured out? They have it yes. figured out. Like and trademark. Call it. Knows. Everybody knows what round are we in? Sweet Sixteen. I know there are sixteen teams left. <laughs> what round are we? In? Final four. I know there are four teams left. In high school sports, in substate, in basketball, yeah. everybody goes to substate. Yes, in Kansas. Yes. In substate football in Kansas, four teams go to substate. That's it. So I refuse to use the term, though I will say how they run their sub-state basketball in Kansas is way better than what Missouri does in district basketball, where they have a neutral host and it can be five, six, seven, eight teams. And you get down to the final and maybe the host is in the final or maybe somebody's close or you got two teams like, say, Blue Springs and Lee Summit driving to freaking Columbia to play a game in front of people who don't care unless it's their parents, uh, where in Kansas. They put them in the substate little brackets, four teams, higher seed hosts. And I'll tell you right now, the night St. James beat Baser Linwood at Baser Linwood a few years ago, I did the Spectrum game there. Wow. That was rocking. 
rocking. What a great atmosphere. One game, you know, uh, you know, boys well, and girls play different. different places. Oh, it's just fantastic. If Missouri could learn. Game, you call it something different. I, you know, I think, I think Missouri is starting to lean that way. I mean, football, higher seat hosts that goes on uh, in basketball and, and other sports. There's talk of them going to in the first few rounds of district higher seat hosts, because I'll bring up softball. Blue Springs South was the number one team in the state. Number one team in their district. They had to go play uh, Grain Valley in the semifinal. Fort Osage and Grain Valley had to play a first round of softball game in Columbia. Uh. Blue Springs South had to play Fort Osage in Columbia. <laughs> now, at least Columbia Rockbridge made the final. So at least there was a Columbia team in the final with Blue Springs South. But those are the kind of things that just makes no sense, especially when you're playing night after night after night. You know, you've got to get in a bus, drive to Columbia, which Columbia is not even that far. There are others who have to make worse drives. So hats off to this is the you know rounds where teams are hosting and now on the missouri side at least you have to play the who's hosting game yeah you know on the you know what what year is it how many games have you hosted or should you have hosted uh you know we top bracket we bottom bracket who's going to go on the road kind of have to i feel like i have to teach myself that every year um so you know if you're a team like rockers you're on the road last week and you really if you win this week uh, unless oak park wins you are at home again uh, so actually, if they actually Rockers is home again if they beat Nixon, um, because they're on top of Oak Park and they would have hosted the same amount of games. So, uh, it's fun. Um, last week had some great action. We'll start on the Kansas side. Um, and and I, I'll start in 4A, Tong and Oxy with their. I, I did some quick research last night, and if I am wrong, somebody please tell me. I do not believe Tong and Oxy's ever played for a state championship. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. I went I went and looked. There's a site that has some really good stuff. It's Kansas football history. Um, and I looked through. Um, not necessarily pouring through it. I looked through it somewhat quickly as I was writing the big three. Um, they are a game away from their first uh, state championship game playing, hosting an Aquinas team um, who hasn't been in a few years uh, when they were in 5A. And uh, and like I, I said in the big three, these two teams are part of the devastation of the 4A bracket. This is number five versus number six. Yeah. One, two, three, and four are gone. Yeah. Uh, and taken out by these two teams. <laughs> yeah, I think on the, on, the, on, the, on the west side of 4A, you've got Chalk at this point. you got one and yeah. two, Amigo and, and over Central. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, hats off to both these teams who are playing fantastic and had some losses in their seasons and, and have bounced back. Close losses. Both both teams had some close losses and stayed with it. Um, you know, I, I, I would lean to Aquinas as the favorite. Their defense is playing lights out. they got some big boys up front. But, you know, tommy has got some offensive dudes. Isaiah Holdhouse. Uh, their receiver, Colton Brezen, I think I said his name wrong there. Their tailback, quarterback's really good. Uh, so they can get the ball up and down the field. It, it, you know, I think both these teams, no matter who wins this game, should be feeling real good about where they're at and how yeah. their season has been. And I and I think it's, uh, you know, Aquinas isn't necessarily new blood, but they haven't been to a state championship game in a while. Um, they've lost in the semis a few times over the last few years. So uh, Batongi, um, good good run for them, no matter what happens from this point on. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, I think, you know, Wamingo's a pretty good team and over Central's a pretty good team. You know, 4A feels a little more open-ish than it has in a long time. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a great time game. A, a non-private school won 4A? Uh, probably Lewisburg in 2011. The year before? Uh, no, 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 no. Rose Hill, Rose Hill won back to Rose Hill won back-to-back over Eudora, I think. And did Lewisburg in 10? Maybe Lewisburg was in 10 or 11, and then Rose Hill beat Eudora in back-to-back, maybe in 12 and 13. I probably had that available 
on a site called something that I might know something about. I'm on it right now. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll find it uh, uh, soon here. But yeah, I was wondering about that because if Aquinas yeah. wins this year, it would have been Aquinas, Miege, St. James the last three years. Aquinas uh, won six in a row, then St. James no, won two. Uh, Miege won six in a row. Yeah, I was going to say, Miege won six in a row. All right, 2012, uh, then, Holton won 4A. 2013, okay. Bueller won 4A. Bueller won 4A. And then starting in 14, uh, Miege started their run. Of Is one. that in the 4A-1-2? Was Eudora in the 4A-2? Is that where, so where then we? For a couple of years, it was just... Uh, ba, 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 ba. Yeah, so in 14, from 14, 15, uh, 16, and 17, that was it, right? Four years, two two-year cycles. You had Division One, Division Two. So you had Holcomb winning in 17. They were 4A back then, wow. You had uh, Pratt winning uh, Division Two in 16. In 15, you had Holcomb again. In 14, you had Andale uh, winning in 4A Division Two. But now they're back to just one. Okay. Um, t- 10 was Lewisburg. Um, 11 and 12. Or 11 was Rose Hill. Yeah. Um, and then 12 was Hol- yeah. Holton. Holton yeah. and Bueller. Yeah. I, so. think that, I think that Eudora made it to back-to-back. And lost to Holton and yeah, they made it to back to Rose Hill and Eudora or in the Holton. Yeah. Greg Webb's teams. Yeah. So that Lewisburg team was 2010. Yeah. Really well, that, good team. That's 4A. We'll just move on up to 5A yeah. here. Blue Valley Southwest and Mill Valley have just kind of been on a collision course for each other. They get each other at Blue Valley West uh coming up this week. I tell you what, uh, I mean, Southwest continues to roll. This team, it seems like a like a team of destiny this year. They, no problem through the playoffs so far. Well, and the thing that's impressed me, we know they can score points. Their defense has played really well the last yeah. few weeks. They man, got a it, defense now, man. Th- yeah, and if their defense plays well, Mill Valley has been offensively challenged at times, though they're coming off scoring 72 points, so that sounds odd. Um, they've hung 70 twice this year. Uh, and, and, you know, when they're going, they can play well, but if they're forced to throw the ball, I know that they that can be an issue sometimes. Defensively, I think they're really good. But they gave up forty some points to Topeka Seaman, who's who's a good team. Um, well, uh, Seaman is, uh, you know, does the same thing Southwest does, blow, uh, throws it all over the place. But Southwest has so many more weapons, right? Yeah. And we, we've seen them uh, all year long. But yeah, that's the scary part. We've seen them put up fifty and sixty points, and then they kind of win a defensive battle last game as well, holding a team to only ten points. And uh, what I think they've given up a total of nineteen points in the yeah. previous two games. Of that, and so it is. A, it is a complete Southwest team this year that has just kind of rolled through the toughest league, right? In the EKL, uh, yeah, I Blue mean, Valley hanging out in six A. Yeah, we'll talk about them. Four uh, and four team that was well. three and four going into their last game of the regular season. But no, Southwest looks like they've got everything they need. Um, and for the first time in a long time, Mill Valley is not the favorite heading into a. Yeah, final. I can't tell you the last time it's been. Uh, they haven't that, been. that says a lot about. One Mill Valley strength and how they've been, you know, that that run they were on. But at the same time, uh, Blue Valley Southwest, they've taken those steps. And now this senior class has really kind of taken all those steps. And the next step is to get to a state championship game and and then, of course, win it. Um, and probably Capen on the other side is what I'm thinking. Yeah, Capen's, uh, they've shown in the playoffs here, they've shown some, um, you know, the chinks in the armor here. I mean, they, they I don't think they're as dominant as. They, yeah. thought they barely got by Great Bend the round before that. Yeah. No, I, I I think I think whoever comes out of the East is going to be the favorite. I don't. I mean, I don't. 
it's been that way for a long time. So I'm not, it's, it's not like I'm pulling right. that out of nowhere, but no, it's uh, I, I like, I like the way Blue Valley Southwest is playing. And like I said, the defense, the defense is what's got me uh, leaning towards them. Haven't made my picks just yet. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, you know, Goddard Eisenhower and Capen on the other side. I think the winner of this game probably is a favorite to win a state championship. All right, let's move up to 6A here. Uh, Garden Regerton, um, impressive win over yeah. West. Again, we they don't, play defense as well. We uh, don't talk about their defense win. enough. But I then think. one of the big surprises of the night was Blue Valley. Not only keeps rolling and gets a win, but doubles up Olathe North, 42-1. Yeah. They had, uh, you know, the, the punt game at Olathe North is, as was described to me by another media member who shall remain nameless, is the worst he's ever seen. Um, they really struggled their punt game they got one they got one blocked for a touchdown i think they got another one blocked i mean it's when you give away points at special teams it's tough that being said the defensive of blue valley allowed them to to kind of jump out in front of a lathan north and lathan north was chasing all night and then they gave up touchdown on special teams and it's you know you're kind of back back there so hats off to alan terrell and that coaching staff and and what they've done they were three and four and going into week week eight and now they're they're a late the champs, Dion. They beat a late the north, they beat a late the east, they beat a late the west. Yes. <laughs> so far. Guards, yes. not in Olathe. That's who they'll yes. Yeah, and and it's funny because you know, last year it was the Olathe schools that were, you know, dominant going into this round. Olathe Northwest was in the semifinals, yeah. and uh, you know, you saw that. But uh, no, it's uh it's gonna be an interesting one. I mean, Blue Valley's they've got some dudes, uh, they got some big time players. Uh, but Gardner is probably as big and physical as anybody. Um, been there, done that. I mean, it's been since 2019 that that Blue Valley's been in the semis. They haven't been in a state championship game since 2016. Eric Driscoll's last year yeah. before he passed away. So, uh, which and shows it's, how it's tough six A has been. Uh, uh, playoffs uh, could be the last six A game for a while because they're yes because they're going next year down along with Aquinas who's going up. The they would James. love to take that trophy uh, with them. Uh, yes, uh, but I think Gardner, you know. Gardner's just kind of quietly done their thing, right? Yeah, and, uh, they've just handled they their business. They've been the East, and then since then, it's just been they have just kind of just put teams away. Yeah, and and, and the winner of that's going to get the winner of Washburn Rule and Derby. And I know Der- Derby beat Manhattan twenty three twenty one. That was a back and forth game last week. That was needed for Derby. Manhattan had beat them three times in a row. Manhattan yeah. kind of broke Derby the last couple of years. Yeah, so they may be just name brand. I feel like Derby's coming out of the other end. I think they. They've been there Washington so many World's, times. You know, undefeated. They what? They beat Junction City twice this year. Yeah. And like, did they beat Manhattan too? They, they've had a nice year. They beat Manhattan. You always uh, wonder about the schedule, right? Is you know, as as Derby kind of been through the more battles and everything. But I'm telling you, Washington Royals got some guys. They got a couple, um, you know, twin uh, linebackers that just committed to K State, or at least got offered by K State. And so uh, there's some guys on the, yeah. on that squad. And they beat Wichita East, who hammered. Wichita Northwest the week before. And a Wichita Northwest team that I thought think a lot of people thought was going to be the team was going to come out mm-hmm. in the bottom half of that bracket. So uh but you know, good for Wichita East. It's one of the best years they've had in a long time. Yeah. Washburn Rule has done everything, anything need to be asked of them. Kind of like Manhattan was last year. Kind of quietly, you know, they're ranked number one. So it's not like it's quiet anymore. I mean, but they're like Manhattan last year. They just kept winning. Didn't really matter what happened, they just kept winning. Yeah. All right, let's uh skip on over. That's it. That's it on Kansas, right? We got three yep. games. Three yep. games in the Kansas City area um, on the Kansas side, uh, 4A, 5A, and 6A semifinals. Uh, we starting in uh, Class 1? Yeah, let's do Class 1. Right, let's move our way up. Uh, nope. Class 1, we've got um, North Platte-Windsor, 
Uh, Penny playing. Who, who's in your coverage area there? Uh, Penny and North Platte are both. Yeah. In, they're both in that KCI conference. Um, North Platte beat Crestridge. Um, they get Windsor, uh, and Windsor plays down in the, the the conference with eight. You know, like one of the conferences with Adrian. Some of those. There's two little sections of that conference. Windsor is dangerous because they have been there. They won a state title a couple of years ago. Good coaching staff. I think North Platte's probably a little more battle tested. I think they played a better league. Uh, but Crestridge kind of hung with them there for a little while before they pulled away. Penny's the one playing with house money. I mean, they finished middle-ish of that KCI behind, you know, East Buchanan, Mid Buchanan, North Platte. Uh, and now they're rolling through. They're playing at Milan, um, which is the hometown of one Greg Oder, former Blue Springs South coach. Uh, Milan, uh, Kansas is my wife's hometown, by the way. Yeah, I love the I fact that, you know, that's names you've never heard of. Right? It's the, in in uh, in in lockstep with all the other uh, famous-sounding uh, Missouri towns. They pronounce it a little bit differently. It's not Milan. Yeah. Milan. Milan. Uh, much like Nevada, not Nevada. Um, uh, Versailles. Versailles, yes. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, you know, good for both these teams. that they, There could be an all-KCI semifinal next week if both these teams win, which is which would be cool in Class 1. Um, so it's, uh, you know, good for those teams, you know, they moved, they made, they made that change and only had 36 teams in class one and it moved out some of the heavy hitters like the East Buchanan's Adrian's and teams like that. And, and, uh, it really opened it up for some of these teams, you know, North Platte's not that far removed from like a 30, 40 game losing streak. Penny's always kind of been around. Um, they're always a solid team. Uh, they've got, you know, they've, they, they had a run where they want to stay title in class one, got bumped up to class two, won that state title and came back down to class one and won a state title a few years later. So. Uh, they don't. I don't know if they had the athletes like when they had uh, uh, Kellen Overstreet and his three thousand plus yards rushing back to back years. But uh, they've got some good players. Alex Lloyd, their coach, does a fantastic job. And Jared Quickly, the coach at North Platte, should be. He's he was the Chiefs coach of the week. He's going to be in the finals for coach of the year. Done a fantastic job turning that program all the way around, all the way around. So class one's kind of fun to see those two teams in. Class two, you got a couple of uh, of uh, teams that have been there before. A lot of times before Lamar. And East Buck, they're not playing each other. East no. Buck against Bowling Green, Lamar against Lafayette County. How do you see those games shaking out? Well, I'm sure Steve Cook at uh, Lafayette County is thinking to himself, really, Lamar, again? <laughs> um, as I've said before, if Lamar didn't exist, we would probably be talking about Lafayette County and their four or five or six state championships because they've had teams good enough to win a Class two state title multiple times in the last 13 years. Be sure, we want Lamar to exist. Just yes. uh, if they didn't have as great best, a program. Yes, and that's a program that's, you know, and, and you know, hey, Adrian kind of hung with them for about a quarter and a half, two quarters. I mean, they were they were, they were were leading at one point. Um, and Lafayette County hammered St. Michael. Now, defensively, they gave us some points, but St. Michael's a really good offense. Uh, but, you know, and the other thing is, too, it's, this isn't a shock to Lafayette County. Um, they've lost – they played Lamar <laughs> – Lost them a state championship game, lost them the semis, lost them the yeah. quarterfinals. I mean, so they, they're not, you know, they have experience there. They're not scared to go to Lamar and play. I remember a few years ago uh, driving down to Webb City to watch Platt County, Webb City, and then go over to watch Blue Springs uh, Kirkwood in a state championship, or was it Kirkwood? No, CBC in a state championship game in Springfield. Stopped in Lamar, and this is when they were on their streak, I think, of eight straight. And all it said over the fountain station in the McDonald's and Lamar was Lamar football state champions. They didn't list the years. And I was, just, I was assuming <laughs> until, until, until further notice. take up too much of the sign to put all the years. I think, I think basically they, they wanted to put until further notice underneath it, <laughs> but they didn't, but yeah, I just said state <laughs> champions. There were no years <laughs> listed because they won like seven or eight in a row. Yeah. Uh, no, but, and I think this is a gettable Lamar team for Lafayette County. Um, and Steve Cook, you know, 
it's a fantastic job. That they do such a great job at, at Lafayette County year in year out. They've got great athletes, but they don't have athletes. I mean, they they've had some really good ones go through there. Uh, you know, there's a kid I'm missing his name who plays in the NFL now as a D back for them. Uh, so you know, that's a good one. And then East Buchanan's, you know, they're playing tough. Uh, they won two straight. Is that right? Two straight in Class One. Uh, word on the street is that their fantastic running back Klein mm. uh, was on the sidelines with appendicitis last week. Oh man! Uh, if he does not play, they have a tall task, and they're yeah. battling some injuries. Bowling Green's pretty good. Uh, their tailback went for 400 yards last week against South Shelby. Um, so the strength of East Buchanan this year has been their defense. They will be tested, uh, and I, I think it says a lot about East Buchanan. You know that they're where they're at after being in Class One for two years to be in a quarterfinal with a chance to go to a semifinal in class two. Um, but it's going to be, both these teams have tough road games and Bowling Green's, you know, not close. There's not a great way to get there. Um, either, you know, drive to Hannibal and then drive South or drive to St. Louis and then drive North. And there's not, you know, it's going to be some bus time. Um, but East Buchanan has done that. They went on the road two years ago in the semis in the, or in the quarterfinals, I think. Uh, so they've done that bus time. They, you know, it's a good team, good coaching, but both the, both the Kansas City teams or the Metro teams are going to, They've got tough tests in the quarterfinals in class two. Yeah. All right. Let's move up to uh, class three here. And uh, I mean, up there with the Blue Valley win last week, I thought it was St. Pius just dismantling Maryville. What, what a performance there. They move on to take on uh, Odessa. I can't wait for this one, man. Well, and, it, you know, both these Saturday teams can game score. Too. Saturday game uh, looks like the weather's going to be good. Uh, both these teams can score. Really, last week was Pius at its, at its strength. They ran the ball, um, played great defense. You know, they've got a great quarterback at root. Great receivers, great running. I mean, all all phases. Uh, Odessa's defense has been tested. They've given up some points, uh, but they get a good win. Uh, and, and, you know, they're moving on over California. And, you know, these are teams that are used to playing in this round. I mean, these pious kids under uh, Coach Simone have really been, you know, in this spot for a, a lot the last three, four years. Odessa, even though this is their first, uh, you know, they, they didn't win the district title last year. They, they're used to being here. Um, Odessa – uh, really probably should have had a state title probably in 20 if they didn't get COVIDed out in the district final. They were the best team um, that anybody had seen. You talked to anybody, that team was as good as anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, it's definitely a, a matchup of Titans here uh, and two teams that are going to be really good. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it would be a high-scoring game uh, if Odessa uh, can get their offense on track and 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 get find ways to score on that tough St. Pius defense. Uh, so that's – if I think it's either going to be Pius pulling away from Odessa um, because their defense has done a good job, or it's going to be a shootout. I think that's how it's going to go. And if it's a shootout, it's anybody's game <laughs> because it gets crazy. And both well coached. And once again, these are all quarterfinal games, elite yep. eight games in Missouri. Normally, we're still to, we're, they're in line with Kansas for the most part. We're for the big classes, at least. Uh, you know, um, having class six was yeah they were in line with six, Kansas, but uh, lining up to all. play state next weekend. But now all of them, right? All of them are all playing. Of them, yeah, one through six will be uh, in December. Uh, in, in December in Columbia including eight man, which is like a Thursday night. And then they do three on Friday, three on Saturday. Yeah. In Columbia. Uh, speaking of Saturday games, another one, uh, Nevada at Kearney. Why, why are we doing all the Saturday games, Dion? Well, the, the state um, passed the district round. They designate the games on Saturday for travel. Um, if both teams agree to play on Friday night, they can play on Friday night. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's a one o'clock the time, but then it can be moved. Uh, depending on different things, you know, like, if, but they basically, because you have some games where teams are traveling a ton. Yeah. Um, some teams want to play on Saturday because 
Also, if you get you, you kind of get into a Saturday mode, especially if you're playing a Saturday state championship game, like if you're in class four, you're playing Saturday morning at 11 o'clock yeah. in Columbia. Um, and so, you know, class two, you're playing it at uh, like one o'clock or three o'clock in the class six at seven. And then the same way on the, on the uh, class three, five, and it goes three, one, five uh, mm-hmm. in uh, on Friday. And they do that. They used to go one, three, five, two, four, six. Um, but when they're trying to clear out the stadium between games, they found it was tougher to get class three and class four because there was more people out of the stadium and easier to get class one and class two, where there might be less people to yeah. clear out. Um, you know, and that was uh, a thing that they did start doing in the dome. Uh, and then because they were time crunched in the dome because they paid by the hour at the dome, uh, <laughs> you know, to rent that facility, Columbia, yeah. they have a little more leeway and they were able to spread out the games a little more and they, they really haven't had the problem they used to have in, in St. Louis where you'd have a seven o'clock start that was supposed to start for the a class five or a class six game starting at like eight 30 at night yeah, because they were so far behind. So now that that's the kind of the Saturday thing and, and it's different, you know, there's a host of reasons, whether it's the travel, whether it's gamesmanship, there's been some of that like, Oh, they want to play on Friday. We're going to make them play on Saturday just to get under their skin. I mean, that has happened. I yeah. know that has happened. I know coaches have told me they've done it and I know people who know that they had it done to them. So, you know, and there's just, sometimes it's just, you know, that there's, you know, they, they want to do on Saturday. So that's kind of how they lay it out and it goes from there, but no Saturday, you know, it makes kind of nice. I mean, sometimes there's, it, you know, makes that Friday night, you know, we've got games on Friday night. There's no doubt um, in class five and class six and, you know, definitely class five. If you're in that Friday night state championship game, I know a lot of coaches want to stay on that Friday night thing yeah. if they can. Yeah. Uh, and that's what Web City and Grand Valley are doing class five. But Nevada and Carney. Yeah, let's talk about Carney's uh, win. First of all, they flipped the script on uh, Smithville. You week. know, really, and I shouldn't be stunned by it. And I wasn't stunned by it because Carney had been playing really good football for a long time. Um, I don't know, sneeze. <laughs> it's catching Abby. Maybe had, had a Smithville loss, which was early in the season. Yeah. And it, yeah, first time Smithville's lost in a long time. So, and, and, Carney has been playing really well. They're healthy. They weren't really healthy in the first part of the season. They lost their quarterback. So they were kind of scrambling with that and getting things going. Um, this is a team that expected to be in this spot. Um, that, that most people expected to be in this spot. Uh, Bill Lutz beat him Platte County early in the season. And he told me, don't cry for Carney. They'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's great for him because he didn't have to go play him again. You know, Smithville had to play him again. And it's just exactly like last year. Smithville yeah. lost the regular season game. Well, in the postseason game this year, Carney lost the regular season game. Smithville or Carney won the postseason game. So uh, good for Carney. Um, looking to get in the, into the semis for the first time since 2016. They had lost a lot of games in a row to Smithville in the postseason. It had been a while. Uh, and, you know, when you're going, I think they had played, if my, if my, they may have played either 14 times in seven years or 16 times in the last eight years. They had played twice a year for like eight straight seasons. Uh, and I think, I think Smithville had beaten them four or five in a row in the postseason. So, Carney got that one back. I think they can get Nevada. Um, Nevada's pretty solid. Uh, you know, their their losses are to Seneca in class three, who's undefeated in Lamar. Um, yeah. but I think Carney has played, you know, they played Platte County. Um, you know, they played some really good schools, played Porto Sage. So I mean, they played up and, and, and based on their schedule and played, you know, the good Smithville, a Raytown South team who's really good in class five. So good, good for them. Uh the way they played and uh, i'm gonna make them a favorite i'm pretty sure i'm gonna pick them too yeah um all right up in five uh class five one of the great games from last week is grain valley 
two-point winners over Black County, speaking of Black County. And then another team, uh, Kansas City's team, uh, taken on from kind of that same area of the state as Nevada and Lamar is Webb City. They're always yep. going to be there. That's the matchup uh, on a Friday night in uh, in Class 5. Yeah, Green Valley jumps out to a, a 24 nothing lead. Um, yeah, Ty Williams away. has like almost 200 yards in the first half and three touchdowns. Gets nicked up a little. I think kind of is spotted in and out in the second half until the final drive when they needed the field goal and he was in there toting the rock. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't checked in with Coach Alley yet on his health. I'm assuming he's going to play. Uh, but, you know, he finished with another 230 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, you know, so he's sitting at 23-11, I think, and 32 touchdowns in 11 games. He can get to 3,000. He can get to 3,000. He's got, you know, three possible games left and, and 700 yards needed to do it. He also has uh, 500 yards receiving. He has 12 catches on the season. And 500, 500 yards. yards receiving. Oh, my gosh. Averaging 32 yards a catch. Or like almost three, maybe it's like 400 yards. He has 12 catches. He has five touchdowns receiving. So uh, when they have thrown it to him, he has made things happen. And a lot of them, are, you know, a couple of them are just short little screens that he took out in the flat and then, you know, ran over the first guy and then ran away from everybody else. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he definitely – and you're right, Web City's going to be a test. You don't see split-back beer around here, um, and there's nobody Green Valley's played that does that. Uh, you know, Oak Park is a is a, is a a kid run option, but they don't run split-back beer, which is yeah. different. I think size-wise, Green Valley's probably in a good shape, especially offense against defense. You know, Web City lost a couple games, lost to Carthage, um, who's an okay team, um, lost to Nixa. Uh, you know, it was a good team. So – They've, you know, this isn't the big, bad web city that's got the big guys and they're running beer at you and their defense is unstopped. You know, you can't score on their defense. Um, if Grain Valley's defense can figure out and slow down web city enough with, the, with their offense, I think that offensively they can impose their will on that web city defense. This is the spot Grain Valley needs to get past. In class two, they have been to the semis. They have not done that. They've been. The, they have won five straight district titles, and this is where it has ended. Green Valley class two. That how long ago was that? Actually, probably well, I was at the examiner. <laughs> yeah, it was the examiner. In my lifetime, they were in class one because uh, as a small child, we lived there for a few years, and I can remember going to games when I was five and six years old. That was class one football. Uh, so no, it's uh, you know Green Valley. This is the spot right here. You beat Web City. Um, probably get Republic. Or Helias at the next round. Um, you should be hosting. If that if Republic wins, you're staying down south. You know, if you're an NFL team, I just say take the week off and spend Thanksgiving in Southwest Missouri if you wanted to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's like an NFL team, but no, they if it was Helias, they would host, uh, and then Cardinal Ritter sitting on the other side of the bracket. So there's a lot out there for Green Valley. They got some teams they got to beat. Uh, they got a good win over a Platte County team that it's probably a year ahead of schedule. Um, we'll probably talk, talk a lot about them next year, but uh, good win for them in Class Five. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's uh, take a look at uh, Class 6. Oak Park, I believe they're the only undefeated team left. Yep. Now we've got East Buck, they're undefeated, Lafayette Counties. But of the big, uh, bigger schools, they're the only one undefeated left. They're, they major in winning close games, Dion. Yes. And they do it again against uh, Liberty North, which uh, you know, might be the best team in the city. I don't know. Um, I You know, hats off to Oak Park. They got up on, on – uh, Park Hill. On Park Hill. And then Park Hill started coming back on him. Got the score uh, to make it 17-14. Got the onside kick. Drove down and Oak Park intercepted in the end zone to seal that game. Um, there's been a few games like that for them. 
uh, in the last few weeks, and they've had to come back where they've been trailing in the, in the second half or even the fourth quarter uh, by multiple scores, and they've come back and won. I'm not saying uh, you can't do that against Liberty North, but Liberty North spotted Blue Springs 21-0 two weeks ago yeah. and outscored them 71-10 to down the stretch. Both these teams want to run the ball. They want to play defense. Um, that being said, when they need to throw the ball, um, I would lean towards Liberty North because I think they've got, you know, Jayshon Ross, Keelan uh, Smith, and then Tillman Martin, their quarterback is really good. The one thing that I think is going to be interesting is when Oak Park has the ball, they're going to have to throw it. Liberty North is not going to let them, you know, run at will. You know, Trayvon Pankey's a great uh, tailback, but Liberty North will do something to slow them down. They're going to have to throw the ball and butcher their receivers. Outstanding track star can get up and down the field. He will possibly be matched up against Ja'Cory Love, who's playing cornerback as well as, you know. So there's some big-time matchups here uh, between big-time athletes that that if you're Oak Park, you, pro- you maybe haven't seen in all those different spots uh, that Liberty North has. Not that that's an indictment of Oak Park or the teams they play. Liberty North is that team that has all those guys in those spots. So uh, there's a reason why they've been ranked in the top two or three all season long uh, and and why they're the prohibitive favorite uh, probably to come out of this part of the bracket and their little quarter of the bracket. But Oak Park, like you said, start winning games close. Belief is a funny thing. Yeah. I mean, and, and you get a team like Liberty North who really hasn't played a close game, even being down 21 uh, nothing to Blue Springs in the first quarter, yeah. they there was plenty of time for them to rally. I mean, Blue Spring South got to within a score a couple times, both times they played them, but they haven't been down in the second half since Lee Summit North in week one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lifetime ago. So they haven't been pushed. So that's, I mean, you don't know. That's We'll have to see. Uh, all right, we built up to it. Uh, Rockers taking on Nixa, but let's talk about last week's game, to, uh, knocking off Lee Summit North yeah. 24-21, and we've probably all seen the catch – the catch, uh, non-catch that was rewarded a touchdown uh, to Rockhurst. What do you make of that game, and uh, what do you make of Rockhurst's chances against Nixa? Well, I, I picked Rockhurst in that game. Um, I thought they would kind of do what they did, keep it close, play tough, physical, uh, and that's what they did. Um, that call is unfortunate. Um, is it, you know? I don't see how that. Maybe the back judge had it right, called it incomplete. Called it incomplete. Somebody talked to penalty, There was a penalty on. There was also a penalty on that where Rock was going to have first and ten at the eighteen. Yeah. Um. It was also the second quarter, not late. I can I can take you back to a Carney Ford Osage game with a very bad blown call, and and you know, here's the thing. I think I'm not going to harp on officials. They make calls. It's going to happen. There's going to be stuff that doesn't go your way, right, wrong, or indifferent. Whether it's just a miss or they didn't see something. Um. These. I'm not going to harp on officials because if we harp on officials and we rip on officials, guess what? We're not going to have a game in 10 years. So that's off to the side, but you have, I mean, it's something that happened. um, And it, and we go on rock though was rock. And that was tough physical football. And Lee summit North matched them toe to toe for the, for the most of it. And at the end they had the ball and were driving and, and, and fell short. So that's how close those two teams were. Um, Hats off. Lee summit North had a great season. And I think that Rockers, they ran into a Rockers team that's playing its best football at the right time. Um, this very senior heavy team uh, that is that is ready to go. They've got Nixa. Hey, Nixa's a good team. And here's some fun the facts about Nixa. Yeah. Well, they have a kid. Home of Jason Bourne, right? Huh? Home of Jason Bourne, yes. Also the home of one Jackson Cantwell. 
Does that name oh, yeah. sound familiar to yeah. you? Yeah. The, His father was a Missouri right? shot putter, Olympian, Christian Cantwell. Young Jackson is a sophomore who's six foot seven, three hundred pounds. Plays tackle. Um, he's also started to sneak over to the defensive side of the field. Rockers has a guy who's six foot seven, three hundred pounds, named Andrew Sprague, right, who's yeah. going to Michigan, who's also started to sneak over to the defensive side of the ball. Wow, okay, and made some big hits, like some na- some guys who play offensive line are nasty and can play defense and play with that edge. But some guys, a lot of guys aren't. That's why they they play offensive line because there's a there's a level of nasty on the defense that you got to have to play that side. Sprague looked like he had that level of nasty. So those are two guys to keep an eye on. Um, the the thing that was brought up to me by one Cole Young is they've got a great head coach in Nixon. Came up from Mississippi where he won state titles. He's a, everybody I've talked to that's talked with him. They run a great program. They've got great players. Um, to which Cole Young said to me, everything I've heard is great about this guy, but as but as his offensive coordinator, Tom Cruise, and as his defensive coordinator, Greg Oder. Mm-hmm. Because that's what Kelly's got going on. Over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's and that might be the difference. I mean, when you've got those three guys, which is, you know, a lot of hardware. More, more rings than, you know, a lot of hardware. A lot of hardware between those three guys. So uh I think Rockers is playing great. I think it's gonna be a fantastic game with Nixa. I don't think anybody should just think, oh, well, it's Nixon from down. They're yeah. good. They're good. They knocked out uh, Ray Peck last year. Um, they gave Ray Peck everything they wanted the year they won the state championship and more. Um, so they, they've knocked out Lisa West a few years ago mm-hmm. when Lisa West was pretty good. So don't think – I mean, Nixon is good enough to win a state championship. Don't think that this is just, you know, Rock's going to get it done and we're going to have Rock against Oak Park or Liberty North next week. I think we will, but there are no guarantees. Yeah. And, um, by the way – Kentwell and Sprague, if they happen to match up, those are two guys who legitimately could be playing Sundays. It, um, it could open up like some some like tesseract, like a yeah. sliver in time. Then. Yeah, well, MCU there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> My knowledge right, is very little. Let's talk about uh, let's talk Simone Award here. Um, we still like Ty Williams on the uh, on the on the Missouri side. Is Dylan Dunn the favorite on the on the Kansas? I think side? Dylan Dunn, and you know, you got some different guys out there too. I mean, I, you know, I think Bryce Nuremberg. Offensive player of the year in the Sunflower League is a guy to tell me. I've seen this kid for three years. Uh, K State's offered him now. Yeah. So um, I think he's a guy. Um, I like TJ Porter. They got beat. He had yeah. enough game. I mean, yeah. he's got his numbers when he's on the field are great. <laughs> he just, yeah. I don't think he's got enough, uh, enough numbers. Um, you know, I, you know, a guy like Ethan Hansen, um, quarterback at Rockers, he's, he's, you know, he's kind of their leader. A guy who's a wild card out of Rockers, and I haven't talked to Kelly about this yet and, and know what they want to do. Isaiah Coppage, who plays a little running back, he yeah. plays anchors there, linebacker. He's kind of, I mean, he's going to be a Buchanan guy probably, but, you know, he's kind of one of those mixes. Something that was brought up to me, a guy's name that you would think Buchanan just because he's a defensive end. Uh, Jay Sean Ross at Liberty North has scored defensive, offensive, and special teams touchdowns. Um, not a lot of snaps on offense. and I don't. I, he has multiple touchdowns and, like, out of his like 15, 20 catches, I think there's like five or six touchdowns, uh, has has scored on defense, Rex defenses. Uh, to quote one John Holmes when they were looking at Rockhurst film and a coach said, man, that right tackle's not very good. John Holmes said, no, that guy there is really good. Talking about Jay Sean Ross. Uh, and he's blocked four kicks and run yeah. one back for a touchdown. Yeah. Man, he's impacting all phases of the game. That's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, and as we go into the, the getting the ballot together, the media committee does uh, this upcoming weekend. That's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, so it's, you know, there's, you got done. You got Nuremberg. Um, 
you know, you got Rogers, you know, Jay Sean Ross, Tom Martin, their quarterbacks had a good year. Uh, you know, it's there's, you know, Elijah Leonard, at least some at North um, as a guy, uh, I think that it kind of makes them go. Uh, so those are, um, you know, the quarterback at, at Gardner, though he doesn't put up great numbers, but he makes that offense go. And they're yeah, really good Powell's had Brayden a great Powell. year, right? Uh, and what, whether he needs to run it, throw it, uh, hand it off, whatever it takes. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys out there with their teams have done well um, that, you know, that it's going to elevate them there. But you do have three or four that are kind of maybe sitting above right now um, yeah, just yeah. because they've, they've got the counting numbers and their teams are doing well. Um, and they're, hey, I mean, Ty Williams – on the bench a little bit in the second half and Platt County's, you know, coming back on him. And then yeah. they put him back in at the last drive. Yeah. Coach Wams told me, he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, he was nicked up, but he came in the last drive and he was carrying the rock on the last drive when they drove down to get that winning field goal. Yeah. So, well, like Williams and Don, I mean, they both have the numbers that nobody else has and both yeah. have the wins as well. What about Taylor Award? Who are we looking at? Well, you've got the both receivers. Uh, from, Southwest. From Southwest. Yeah, and, and and then you've got, I mean, there. you got Mosey, uh, you got Keelan Smith. Um, you know, Mosey from uh, at least I'm a North Keelan Smith from Liberty North. I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of guys. Uh, we talk about the whole house kid, uh, from Tong and Oxy, Lexton Grafke, uh, from Lansing, thousand yeah. yards in only eight games. Um, you know, those are the crew Myers kid from Blue Valley West, thousand yards. There's a lot of guys with right there, Tommy Hutzler from Pius, um, thousand yards. Now, this is before last week, we haven't updated. Uh, stats just yet but uh no there's um quinn quinn conley from warrensburg had a yeah. thousand yards in 11 games so there's plenty of guys out there that have big time yards and uh and, and are doing some good stuff so it's a it's a deep field mm. uh and and i think you know when you've got one two three as going into last week when you've got seven guys with a thousand two more with 900 plus yeah. that are probably over into a thousand right now and probably another couple guys who could go over if they play a little deeper. Yeah. Out there. I mean, you know, Hutzler's gonna go over or if he's not over already. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of the the, the way there. And um, that's a good that's a good one there. Buchanan is probably the deepest. Yeah. You probably got six, seven guys there. You've got um two guys from Lee Summit. Uh, you got uh, Williams Winery and the other guy, I'm totally blanking on his name, is their defensive tackle. Uh you have Melvin Laster who more than one coach well, has told me two, right? one, two in a row and is better this year than he's been the first two years he won. It. Yeah. And that says a lot about him. Um, you know, you've got uh, some good guys. Blue Valley's got a couple guys. Well, I, I watch uh, Jaden Wood Friday night. Jaden Woods. Rex games, uh, the number one recruit in the state of Kansas at Mill Valley. DN. He's is wrecked game this, games this year. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Sprague at Rockhurst. I mean, especially he's playing both ways. Uh, that definitely um, gives you a, a sense of, of the, those groups. And uh, no, it's uh, it, that one's the one, you know, last year, Caden Green and and, um, and Laster were the two guys uh, that really yeah. uh, got things going. But uh, no, it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely the Buchanan group is one. When you look back, that's where the guys that's where the guys who are suiting up on Sunday played a lot. Oh, you're right. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, you know. Brett Carroll, Lyman from the East, another one too. So there's there's some good ones out there. Um, like I said, it's gonna be it's gonna be a deep field in that one. All right. We've talked long enough. It's maybe our longest of the week Pretty close. Podcast. Um uh by the way, thanks everyone for watching, whether from 
you know, Topeka, we love you in Topeka. Um, we love you in Jeff City, even even though you may not love us sometimes. But uh, from capital to capital, buddy. Just fine with Jeff City. Capital yeah. to capital, we've got listeners all over. Uh, so Welcome uh, to listen to us in Lincoln and Oklahoma yes. too. Yes. Uh, we, we, we reached our highest numbers last week that we've ever had. So we've sure. grown it every week. So appreciate everyone. Um, love the feedback. Always yeah. love the feedback. Um, we love doing this. Though Mick doesn't love doing it past football season, we're going to try that again this year. We'll see and see if I can get him convinced. I'll get AI in, involved here, and that can be – yeah, I can have AI Mick Schaefer help host it. We may have to – I may be angling with my business partner who's good at finding sponsors, angling to a sponsor and make it, make it worth your while. Right, there we go. There we go. Yes, pay to play maybe in the offseason. Pay to play. NIL for, uh, <laughs> NIL for podcasts. Yeah. Uh, all right, Deion, thanks so much. Check out uh, Deion's website, prepskc.com, all day and all night long on Friday. And then check out Under the Lights on uh, KSHB 41 for uh, pretty much all the highlights that will be going on Friday and Saturday in Kansas and Missouri. Good luck to everybody. If you're out there still playing on your games, uh, may the force be with you, uh, all that stuff. For Deion and Mick, we'll see you next time on Snap Tackle Pod.